0: This week on the Iowa Watch Connection... I wish we could get away from the term media. It means nothing anymore. It means absolutely nothing. The stories have been varied.
1: Those are the easiest to contaminate because they're right there
0: taking water right off the top of the water table. And your interest in them remains strong. Uh,
1: you never see a short supply of food and it's a uh, responsible price that it's easy to take for granted.
0: Our look back at the year 2017, our topic this week.
2: The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. Online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein.
0: The end of one calendar year and the beginning of the next one are typically times to take stock and reassess. We're no different. We take this opportunity each year to look back at some of the stories we've shared with you and see how well we are meeting our mission of service to you. In a moment, I'll be joined by Lyle Muller, the executive director and editor of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, to talk about some of the most popular stories at iowawatch.org in 2017. But first, here's a bit of what the year sounded like to us.
1: The education field is a—it's very difficult. It's not particularly lucrative in terms of, of the pay. And quite honestly, it's a calling. Many people think that anyone can teach, which is probably true. But to do it well takes a lot more than just um, standing in front of a group of, of
2: students. And I would foresee that we're going to have more and more shortage areas than what we currently have right now.
0: I've uh, started my LinkedIn account, gotten my resume put together, and um, really been trying to network.
2: Tonight there's three for instance, so I'm trying to hit all three. Luckily two of them happen to be in the same place tonight.
0: There are two or three talking points that all of the folks from the Cedar Valley are ready to, to, to visit with legislators about. I'm not one that gets too concerned about, that. I mean, some of the stuff we grew up on, I, guess I never thought much about it. It's mostly
2: runoff and the concrete tiles, it's not sealed, of course, so we do get a lot of bacteria
1: a lot of it is good critical reading skills. When you look at a news story, how was the information being attributed to whom? And
2: who was that individual who apparently gave this reporter that information?
0: This has been a most interesting year for journalists. And that's something we can touch on in a bit. But regardless of all of the noise nationally about fake news and everything, there's been a lot of journalism that people have paid attention to that comes from the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism at iowawatch.org. What are some of the stories that the news consumers have found to their liking most often?
1: our website and with our media partners a lot of it Jeff has been about either public safety matters how people are going about public safety or health matters and by that I mean the uh, most read stories at IowaWatch.org this year in 2017 have been Iowa Sheriff's State concerns about handgun law impact which was about how Iowa sheriffs are reacting to the law that was passed a few years ago in Iowa that says this is a shall issue for concealed handguns state. But another one was this controversial criminal interrogation technique called the Reed Technique. And not to get too technical about it with a title like that, it's a method in which you take a person who you suspect of a crime and you continue and continue to ask questions until that person finally confesses and a lot of times the proponents of the Retechnique technique will tell you they find their person who needs to be uh, taken to trial. But about one out of every four times our reporting showed us, you get a false confession. So you have someone like uh, Dorothy Veralo Specken out in the Quad Cities area who gives a confession that later she says she didn't do it.
0: One of the things I found when I heard the audio from that story, and we'll play a bit here in a moment, was the technique is designed to break people down, to get them to confess to things they did. But as this reporting showed, there are times that people break down simply to make the questioning stop, and that's the false confession part.
1: And a lot has been written about this around the world. The Uh, there are people in Great Britain who have really gone after this but also in Wisconsin and our story got a lot of play in Wisconsin a number of news media outlets did this story up there because there was a famous case up there involving a false confession of someone for a murder I think the idea here is is for public safety we want to know that police are doing the best job they can to catch the people who are committing crimes the question is how do you do that and in this particular technique you start with your story if you're the suspect. The interrogator works with you and tries to make it sound like you're, everything's going to be okay just come clean with us and by the end of that session you find yourself as the suspect pretty well agreeing to a narrative that was suggested to you by the police detective. Now. Police are pretty smart, they have a tough job, and think about it, if they catch someone three out of every four times using this technique, that means they're pretty sharp about picking up on this. It's that one out of four that are of concern.
2: I, I still believe you're afraid of the consequences, and that's why you don't want to tell
0: me. Well, what I'm saying is like, if something happened, I don't remember it happening. But I will take the consequences if it wasn't me. Like I'm not gonna okay. say. Well,
2: you know what? And the, I appreciate that, but I can't give you consequences for something they don't tell me what happened. But I need to have details. Because. No you do. You can't tell me you blacked out and you did it. That doesn't make sense because you've never blacked out before.
0: And that story about the read technique led to broader discussions among people who participated in reading the story on the website or hearing it here on the Iowa Watch Connection. What were some of the other stories of note during calendar year 2017?
1: Sexual assault on women is that's a topic going on nationally this year and the same is in Iowa. We had a reporter who took a look at sexual assault prevention techniques that are taught in high schools and a conclusion came out of the report there that those types of efforts in high schools might not be that effective. It might be a a session in one health class while you're a freshman, while you're not as sexually aware as you might be, even at the end of your sophomore year going into your junior year. And so Fena Semkin was the reporter on that. She did a really nice job of talking to counselors, to people who had been assaulted and felt like that they didn't even know that it was wrong, you know they, they just didn't have knowledge about this, so that was a pretty good story. We also took a look at a story about Alzheimer's disease, a couple of health stories Alzheimer's disease and mental health. The Alzheimer's story was done by Cindy Haddish, who's a freelance reporter, a longtime health reporter in Iowa. She did this story for Iowa Watch in conjunction with Huff Post. Huff Post approached us and said, "What's a hot topic in Iowa?" and what Cindy learned was that you have this aging population in Iowa and it's growing which means there's a threat that Alzheimer's which affects elderly people not all the time but predominantly elderly people our threat for having that grow in Iowa is pretty pronounced when you look at the demographics. so we did a uh, a really nice story there multimedia HuffPost published it We published it, a number of news outlets published it. We did a radio program on it as well. I went with Cindy on a couple of the interviews that she did. I went to Cedar Rapids with her, and I went out to the West Des Moines area with her as well where I got to sit in on a session where people are doing memory uh, exercises to try to uh, build up their memories as long as you can. Cindy also ran into a, a couple out there uh, the Shearers, Ann and Alan Shearer, who opened up their hearts and their lives to her and explained to her how difficult it is to deal with Alzheimer's disease. <laughs> Mr. Bluebird, on my
2: shoulder,
1: it's the
2: truth.
1: it's actual. Everything is satisfaction.
0: That is heartbreaking to a large degree to listen to, even if you don't have a background with dementia or Alzheimer's, and for those of us who have had a loved one afflicted with that. It really brings back a flood of memories and and why the story not only was so popular, I trust, but why again it was so important as Iowa's population ages.
1: Well, and music was a nice touch with this couple because it was something that they could share. Ann Shearer told Cindy in her interviews that a lot of times people will say, why are you doing these things like celebrating anniversaries and birthdays? He's not going to remember it. And her response was, I'll remember it. And that's what she's doing is building memories of her husband. We also did a story about mental health issues growing among Iowa high school students and it tied in with another story we did about just the impact of some of the decisions Iowa's made about mental health and the way we deliver our care. So those were a couple of the top stories too that were viewed at iowawatch.org in 2017. The mental health issue story in high school again was done by Fena Semkin, the reporter I mentioned earlier. I wanna say something about Fena. She has been with Iowa Watch staff. She is a high school senior and cranking out stories that are getting published in the Des Moines Register, the Cedar Rapids Gazette, and being aired on the Iowa Watch Connection. She is uh, really a good reporter who does a good job and she worked on that story with some other high school reporters as well out of Iowa City, West High, Iowa City High in Iowa City, Cedar Falls uh... high school up there at the Tiger High Line they helped with that as well but what we're seeing here is that these issues of mental health are just really predominant when you're a high school student and you are showing the symptoms of mental health sometimes they don't look like symptoms of mental health when you're a teacher It might look like you're seeing a slacker, someone who doesn't do their homework, someone who should know better. And those are the types of things that this story gets into. As far as the mental health care delivery, Julia Davis, uh, an intern with the Iowa Watch in the spring, did a story where she talked about how profound mental illness still is difficult to treat in Iowa, partly because so few people go to a brink that uh, Julia discovered when she was talking to some patients. When you have only a few people with a severe, expensive mental health issue, it's really hard to rally a state around that. And it's also difficult on a political sense to say that the state has to help share the cost of this. So that was a good story for us to explore.
0: When we come back, we'll continue assessing the year in journalism and how all the talk of fake news impacts us here in Iowa. That's next when the Iowa Watch Connection continues.
2: I'm Sarah Fields, Marketing and Public Relations Director at the nonprofit Iowa Watch. Iowa Watch is part of an exciting funding opportunity through Newsmatch, a national campaign supported by Democracy Fund, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, in partnership with the Institute for Nonprofit News and the News Revenue Hub. Every dollar you donate right now to Iowa Watch will be matched by Newsmatch. Please consider giving to this great opportunity by going to the Donate button at the top of iowawatch.org. That web address, again, is iowawatch.org. Thank you for listening to our report today.
0: Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from AARP Iowa. Every two seconds, someone's identity gets stolen. That's why AARP launched the Fraud Watch Network to arm people of all ages with the tools they need to spot and avoid scams. Learn how to protect yourself at aarp.org slash network. That's aarp.org slash fraud watch network.
2: The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org.
0: Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein, joined by Lyle Muller, the Executive Director and Editor of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. We talked about the most popular stories that the Center covered in 2017. There was a great amount of growth, was there not, in terms of the number of people who came to rely upon IowaWatch.org as a source for extended journalism.
1: There was, when you compare the stories we did in 2017 versus the stories we did in 2016. Now, there are a lot of stories that we did before 2016 that people still go and look at and read because they're still important and they have a good shelf life. That's what we call it, a good shelf life. They're still pertinent. But in 2017, our top stories drew about 120% more viewers than the readers of our top five stories say in 2016. We look at a statistic like that and we think, well, what does that mean? And I think what it means is maybe we hit some good marks with the stories we wrote. They connected with people, which means they were important enough to read. But hopefully people are learning who we are at Iowa Watch as well. It's iowawatch.org. We're going to be coming up on our seventh anniversary here Can I correct that? We're going to be coming up on our 8th anniversary (laughs) in February. The years are now starting to fly. So that's a pretty nice milestone for something that was just a startup and a gleam in the eye of Stephen Berry many, many years ago.
0: Someone earlier today as we're recording this asked me how long the radio program had been on the air, and I couldn't tell them because we are now to episode 183. So I guess that is uh, nearing the end of year number four. This has been, as I mentioned at the outset, this has been an interesting year to be part of the news media. It has been an interesting year for consumers of news as well. We have done programs about the difficulty of investigative reporting, serious journalism, and the era of fake news. So as you now look back at this year as a whole, how has what I'm going to editorially call the noise from outside. How has that impacted the ability of Iowa journalists, or those with Iowa Watch separately, to do the kind of work that the mission prescribes that we do?
1: It's impacted in two ways, I believe. The first is, I think there's a lot more interest in in in-depth, fact-based reporting and plenty of it is going on in Iowa, at newspapers across the state, radio stations, and television stations across the state. That journalism is occurring, even though there are fewer reporters than there were in years past. So the interest is there. I think that's a positive. The negative, I believe, is that it's becoming harder and harder to support that journalism. And by that, I mean uh people dropping their newspaper subscriptions or advertisers dropping on broadcast stations that stuff helps produce good journalism and it's real nice that the New York Times and the Washington Post are getting increases in subscriptions and that nonprofit organizations like ProPublica and the Center for Public Integrity are getting a lot of donations that's a good thing But they don't cover your state house, they don't cover your city hall. And so I think that's the downside of what's going on in journalism, and that's a trend that I see that's alarming. We certainly deal with that at Iowa Watch, that's why we're in a news match fund drive that lasts until Sunday, December 31st. So some people are hearing this on the last day of the fund drive. Every donation to Iowa Watch gets matched by three national foundations. And that's important because that's the type of money we use to plow into journalism so that people can get these stories.
0: Let me ask you finally in our remaining moments, what still motivates you after a 40-plus year career in this field to grab the notepad, grab the reporter's notebook, and go out in the field and cover a story?
1: You know, I'd like to ask you that question, too. I wonder (laughs) what makes people like that tick. I like learning what really happened and then letting other people know that and think that you know we've been in, enriched with knowledge and something about our society. And what's really fun is hearing people talk about a news story that you were involved in and not know you were in the room and it's fine not to tell them you're in the room because they trust the story. So finding trusted news is what jazzes me up. What bothers me is whenever I make a mistake, which I do, or there is untrustworthy news out there or information. And, uh, I, you know, I just, I just like doing this work and trying to tell people what's going on.
0: Another successful year for the Center under your leadership. Thank
1: you for that, and Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to the listeners. Thank you all for supporting us.
0: Lyle Muller, the Executive Director and Editor of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org.
2: I'm Taylor Odekirk, a member of the Marketing and Public Relations team at the nonprofit Iowa Watch. Iowa Watch is part of an exciting funding opportunity through NewsMatch. A national campaign supported by Democracy Fund, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation in partnership with the Institute for Nonprofit News and the News Revenue Hub. Every dollar you donate right now to Iowa Watch will be matched by Newsmatch. Your $20 becomes $40. Please consider giving through this great opportunity by going to the Donate button at the top of iowawatch.org. That web address, again, is iowawatch.org. Thank you for listening to our report today.
0: And that brings us to the close of this week's program. Next week, we preview the 2018 Iowa Legislative Session. From the budget and tax reform to water quality and mental health, it's a full agenda in a short session. We'll hear from the governor and legislative leaders. That's next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more, iowawatch.org. Follow us on Twitter at Iowa Watch, and be sure to use the hashtag IAWatchConnection when commenting about the program. We're on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash iowawatch. And you can let us know your thoughts about this program or suggest ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. The program is produced in the studios of KXEL Radio, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us today and throughout the year 2017. And we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch connection again next week.